my entire life up until like 21 years old was to live to prove my dad wrong and make him make him understand that I am worthy enough. And I didn't really understand that until April 4th, 2016, 430, when he called me and I received the first time as a from my father saying, I am proud of you. That provided me a certain level of validation, but in the same space, a certain level of realization that I never actually needed that validation. I was born to be great. I just needed to activate it from within. My father just providing me that that level of comfort that allowed me to go from existing in my life and trying to prove him wrong to now I'm able to live my life to prove myself right. And I yeah. think as immigrants, we just really have, we deal with that pressure at an all time high because the expectations are set so high. Hey, this is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm your host, Curtis Rouser. Feel good, look good, do better. That's Alex Toussaint's mantra. Alex is a senior instructor at Peloton, a Puma partner, a founder, and most recently, an author. His new book, Activate Your Greatness, is set to be released on October 10th. It's part self-help, part memoir, and explores his journey from mopping floors at a gym to becoming one of the most iconic cycling instructors of all time. Today, Epicenter's co-founder and publisher, Asmitra Kalita talks with Alex about Peloton, his family and Haitian roots, and what's next. Can we start with the basic question of why write a book? You had success on the bike. You have massive success on social media. What was it about the desire to write a book? If we could just start there. Absolutely. I mean, it all came from just wanting to be able to tell the 360 version of my story. I think part of my life, I've been so uh, reserved and really sharing off the bike a lot of uh, the personal things. Obviously, like for the last eight, nine years I've been at Peloton, it's been more so me highlighting my mom and everything that we've gone through together from a positive aspect. But there has been just behind the scenes, like real life, you know, honestly, shit happening and like me doing real life, real time healing with my father. And I think part of that journey was so powerful for me to go through of finding grace for myself in order to provide peace and grace for my father and us finding this healthy, strong relationship where now I'm able to motivate people at a whole nother perspective. And I think I just wanted to share with the world that one, I'm grateful for being a Haitian American. Two, I'm thankful for my parents for sacrificing or putting me in a position. Three, I fucked up along the way. But four, I made it right. And I'm just trying to validate the sacrifices of those who paved the way before me. Yeah. Um, and I think the world, especially kids, mostly, uh, honestly, especially parents reading this and just understanding never giving up on your kids and kids understanding to give your parents grace, their humans just as well and coming into a middle space. I just wanted to share with the world a 360 perspective of my, of my story. And I think this was the perfect time with everything going on as far as accolades and highlights and uh, acknowledgements going on. I just wanted to make sure people have an understanding of where this comes from. That way they know where I'm taking it. I want to dive into that with you as as the fellow child of immigrants. There was sort of this genre of, of a lot of movies and some books, which was, um, you know, the way we were raised, right? I, I could identify with kind of parents with high expectations, mm-hmm. you know, the fighting, the cultural disconnects. And then there's been a recent genre of memoirs that are devoted, I think, to a lot of setting up of boundaries, right? Mm. One of the most powerful parts of your book is that it talks about our need for external validation, but your discovery that you might not need that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. What happens is that as immigrants, your parents come to this country, not for you to just 
live in it, but to thrive in it. That's their expectation. You being good is not good enough due to the sacrifices of what they had to go through to put you in a position to even be here and get this education, these resources that they were not afforded to them. I think for me, understanding how important education and just work was to my mother and father and failing at both of those and not being established and not figuring out what I wanted to do, that gave me that sense of, oh, I'm not worthy enough of my family last name, to live up to my family last name, to share my father's last name. And within that space, that had me always wanting to live to prove my father wrong. Cause he always was like, you're not going to be anything if you don't amount to this. You know what I mean? Like he would always just throw that pressure onto me. And my entire life up until like 21 years old was to live, to prove my dad wrong, make, make him understand that I am worthy enough. And I didn't really understand that until April 4th, 2016, 430, when he called me and I received the first time as a, from my father saying, I am proud of you. That provided me a certain level of validation, but in the same space, a certain level of realization that I never actually needed that validation. I was born to be great. I just needed to activate it from within my father, just providing me that, that level of comfort that allowed me to go from existing in my life and trying to prove him wrong to now I'm able to live my life to prove myself. Right. And I yeah. think as immigrants, we just really have, we deal with that pressure at an all time high because the expectations are set so high. And the powerful thing is you relate that on the bike, right? You're, you're yes, yes. getting thousands of people. So tell me how that message, you know, how do you approach your work every day and, and, and relaying that message and somewhat of the universality of it, right? The one thing I say on every single one of my classes is I, I teach for my last name and not for my first and just letting people understand. I, I do that at a, at a level set one, because you're not going to be able to please every single person that comes to your class, whether that's through your messaging, through your music, through your delivery of the class, somebody may not actually be receptive to it, but I just want people to always know I come from a good place of integrity, of purpose, of intent, of, of respect. So anything that I do within this 30, 45, 60 minute period on the bike is always with the best level of respect for the community, most importantly for my last name. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like if I'm able to teach that to the people within that space, it provides them a level of awareness of your last name is just as valuable. Whatever you do throughout your day always goes back to your family last name and to that credit. So I just try to move within that perspective of letting people know whether you're a kid taking my class, whether you're an adult taking my class and you have kids, your family last name is everything. And what you do is validating the sacrifices for those who came before you and those that come after you. That's so powerful because, you know, I, I write a lot about the workplace and so much of the last few years as home and work have been blurry, have been people trying to reconcile, you know, how much of myself do I bring to work? I'm wondering if you could relate kind of the three pillars of your book um, to folks who are trying to figure out how to get to the place you just said. Absolutely. One of the things that I preach all the time is you need to hop that fence of comfort and land in that space of vulnerability because that's going to help you find your identity. And to be honest with you, I never understood who I was until I was until I became vulnerable. That let me open new doors and new opportunities that let me cast the widest net and most importantly, gain more of a perspective of life. And within that, I started to figure out who I was and honestly know where to take it. I think a lot of people, they wake up every single day and they do a good job of what they're of what's in front of them. But I think a lot of people just don't know where they want to take it. And I think sometimes in order for you to know where you want to go, you got to take two steps back. Sometimes you may need to hit that rock bottom to propel up, but I'm not saying go hit that rock bottom. I'm just saying sometimes take two steps back and analyze what is your purpose. Take time to find that identity and not from an external validation, more so from an internal perspective. And that's yeah. why the feel good, look good, do better mindset is what it's all about. When you internally feel good about yourself, when you find that core identity, that's your foundation. That is, that is your concrete. And then from then on else, you build everything else on top of that house. Tell me about Peloton and working there as you're going through this journey, because I think as you detail in your book, it, it exploded 
it took on new relevance to us in the pandemic. You know, how do you see yourself as a contributor within that, right? You're you're kind of the face of this company, but yeah. also you're an employee. So I just I just again relating that to the workplace, whether you have any thoughts on 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 some of that. Thankfully, I did the work. So I don't want to say I, I, I don't, I'm zero percent lucky, hundred percent blessed because I had to put the work in. But thankfully, Peloton recruited me at a young age. I joined when I was 23. I'm 31 now. Yeah. So they took me on early. And this is before there was thousands of members on the leaderboard. There was 100 people, 75 people at the time, if that. And they gave me an opportunity as the first black instructor. So I do hold a lot of weight onto that um, with with all of the respect to my whole entire mindset was understanding that I was going to be the first black person in a lot of these people's homes across the country to just do the level of connective fitness. I held that with high regards and understanding how I showed up on camera, how I showed up in meetings, how I showed up uh, on the platform was going to represent the people uh, or my people, excuse me. Um, and I wanted to obviously do that with the, with the highest of all respects. So every single day we woke up with the intent to make people understand that I got love. I got, I got grace for everybody. I appreciate the community. I'm thankful for what they allowed me to do because they took me on at 23 years old and allowed me from a young boy, raise myself throughout this progress into a young man. So I failed along the way, but they were patient with me, extremely patient with me. And most importantly, gave me an opportunity to help change the world. So I do take my space in that. And I do give Peloton a high level of credit because it's not just my job. And like, this is my life and it's been an amazing journey. And that's all I want to do. You know what I'm saying? All I want to do is make people feel good. And Peloton allowed me to maximize that to the highest of my ability. So I'm always forever thankful. And I'm always forever going to show up for the community because they've held me down on some of my darkest days and to stand up on some of the mountaintops right now and see the same members that held me down on my darkest days is some of the, it's one of the best feelings in the world, for sure. How are you thinking about that community? Community is such a cornerstone of the company. How do you see your role now? Because the book kind of focuses on these discrete chapters. And we sort of end with this period of uh, coming out of the pandemic. I'm just wondering what you think as you're looking around you right now. Are we returning to pre-2020, which was the pre-George Floyd, pre-pandemic kind of the way things used to be or have you seen real change? I've seen more awareness and people being having awareness is change. I think that's the first step in change is awareness. Just within the Peloton community itself, I've seen people come together. Most importantly, people that don't look like each other, whether that's through class, whether that's through social media, whether that's in person, the Peloton community does an amazing job of sharing stories and sharing information with each other. Most importantly, sharing love through movement. And that's where my role will never change. As long as I have a job here, which I plan on staying here for a a pretty long time, my role is to show up every single day and allow people to move their minds, which is move their bodies, which will help move their spirit, which helps move their souls. And if I could continue to do that at a high level every single day, people will move, people in their own environments will move their communities. And that's all we're trying to do is help people move their minds so they can help move the communities. Um, So my role will never change. And I do see change happening through awareness. So slow progression is still progression. I don't want anybody to ever forget that. Um, Tell me, speaking of your dad, has your dad read this book? My dad has not had a chance to fully read this book just yet. He's actually going to start reading it this weekend um, because I wanted to make sure I gave it to him in person. He's been traveling a little bit, so um, he's going to receive it this weekend. Are you nervous? No, not at all. Actually, um, I'm excited because I could not write this book without my dad's permission um, just because there's so many deep-rooted things from my perspective. But one of the things that he said to me was, you need to tell the world your story because everybody has a different perspective of life and yours is not wrong. If, you, if that's how you viewed it, that's how you viewed it. So I'm so grateful that he w- gave me the blessing to write this book because without him, one, I wouldn't be where I am today. 
And then two, I just wouldn't have this opportunity to share this with the, with, with the world. Because like I said, I'm very big on my family last name and protecting those that I care about. So if he said no, then this book would not be established. I think you talked about this, but I just want to make sure I ask you overtly about the Haitian community, which um, I have a partnership with the Haitian Times. And so I keep an eye on the excellence within that community quite often. You really do make it a point since even before this book to mention your Haitian roots. You talk about your last name. I just wonder how that community and its response, you know, matters to you with this book, if you have any message in particular to to the Haitian community. Yeah, I mean, without question. First off, my family being proud of me, my all my family being Haitian, that's the that's the ultimate level of validation from that community first. So I'm thankful that my all of my family, aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody's just proud of me. So um, yeah, the Haitian community, especially within Peloton, is extremely proud. I love to see a lot more Haitian flags when I'm on the bike. Now I see the emoji next to their names. Yeah. People are um excited and mostly most importantly, people are just proud there's a young black man that's Haitian that's representing for us unapologetically. And then on top of that, the ultimate person who I've always looked up to, who's been a, like a like a music god to me, Y Clef, he gave me the ultimate level of stamp of approval. So just understanding I have that level of support for me, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm honored to be the the Haitian American on the platform, unapologetically being myself. It's it's a blessing. With the last few minutes we have next, can you just tell me what's next for you? I don't want to give away too much, uh, just because I'm very big on protecting your ideas and your goals, but I'm going to continue on this journey. The one thing that I can say is that I do have a cycling shoe coming out September on the Puma app and September 29th in the Puma store, flagship store in New York City. And it is the first cycling shoe from an athlete slash trainer to ever hit the market. It's Puma's first cycling shoe ever. And this is something that I've dreamed about 10 years ago when I first got onto a cycling bike. So to see it come to light right now in the same week or same, excuse me, month uh, as the book dropping is a very huge full circle moment. So that's definitely what's next. It's it's striking as you talk about that because the athleticism in the book, it's not front and center, but it kind of is as you talk about other athletes who you're drawing inspiration mm-hmm. from, so mm-hmm. sports figures and and um, and definitely uh, the world of music. No, without question. A lot of the people that I mentioned in the book, LeBron James, Jay-Z, these are people that I've studied from a respect of their talent, but also how they run their business. Their business partners are their best friends. And that's exactly how my situation is established. So being able to go on this journey with my best friends and accomplish things like writing a book, doing commercials, traveling the world, having the first signature shoe. These are things that I've studied um, from LeBron James, Jay-Z in their respective way, but also remixed it into my field and how I could accomplish these certain goals Um, from an athlete perspective and also from a music perspective, not a rapper, but because I'm a part DJ um, and I'm utilizing the music uh, of some of these rappers and things like that. So yeah, those references are important because as somebody who dropped out of college, I studied a lot of information and execution through those two individuals. Have you thought about going back to college or have any colleges approached you? Yeah. Yo, just take the degree. We, we got, you know, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy. I'm so glad you asked that question. Steph Curry had a documentary come out not too long ago, maybe like three weeks ago. And in the documentary, his mother was speaking about how, he has three championship rings, but that's good, but he doesn't have a college degree. Mm-hmm. And I know that like my mom is extremely, extremely proud of me, but as a PhD doctorate and a Haitian immigrant, I know deep down inside, she would love for me to finish college. So sometime in this life, I do want to make it a gold mine to go back to college just to make my mom proud from that perspective. I know she is proud of me. I just know that would be the ultimate stamp for her to be like, wow, he did that on top of everything else. Right. And you'd learn so differently now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm way more prepared from a discipline perspective and from an awareness perspective. So, and also just not trying to waste money because, you know, Sally Mae does not play by her money. So, 
<laughs> Tell me what you need. We, we always ask people, what do you want people to take away and what do you need? I need people to feel so damn good about themselves that it makes other people, it makes others feel good about them. Mm-hmm. And I mean that from a level of, if you feel so good from an internal perspective, you move different, you look different, you talk different, you attract different. And within that space, you make other people feel better about themselves. And that's why my brand is called Do Better. It's all about extending the hands of others who may need it. So I want people to receive the light and the information from this book, but I also want them to, to activate their North Star, which is activating their greatness. And I want them to go help somebody else do it as well. So that's why I say at the end of the book, I meet you back down at the bottom because it's going to be a journey back up to the top. Alex's new book, Activate Your Greatness, is now available for pre-order. Tickets for his book tour, which includes an October 11th day in New York City, are on sale at LiveNation.com. You can find links to both in our show notes. But if you're looking to buy a pair of the indoor cycling shoes that he co-created with Puma, you're going to have to wait. They sold out in 15 minutes. To close out today's episode, some advice from Alex. As you take every single opportunity, you wake up as a moment to redesign who you are on a daily basis, to evolve, to grow, to change. Understand things in the round, you're going to change your environment, it's going to change your perspective, it's going to change, and that's okay, it's going to be scary, but that is okay. That's the beautiful part about change, no one's ever really ready for it, you just got to embrace it. So, as you close out this year, Peloton, embrace the change that you're receptive to. Embrace, excuse me, embrace the change that you will accept to. And understand nobody is built like you. Keep designing who you are, all right? Slow it down, Peloton. Quick stretch on the bike today. Coming up out of that saddle. Hips to the handlebars. Nice and tall. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. For more stories like this, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at epicenter-nyc.com. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website linked to in our podcast description.